right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury, here with my co-host, Lucas Gaynor, as usual on a wonderful Friday, two days prior to the first game against the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, we're just enjoying these days off a bit, but that doesn't mean the Celtics talk stops there. We got a lot to go into. Me and Lucas are going to go and break down some of the Bucks and Celtics series, talk about some X factors and things. But man, how you feeling today, Lucas? Listen, Patrick, I'm feeling great. Like you said, we're two days away from the Eastern Conference semifinals in which the Boston Celtics are a part of. So listen, everything is great. You know, I was kind of thrown off last night by my Patriots taking Cole Strange in the first round. Okay, listen, I know some Patriots fans are probably listening. That threw me for a loop, but I woke up today trying to rationalize how it was a good pick, even though I know it wasn't. But as far as the Celtics, man, I have absolutely nothing to complain about. I really am just kind of getting antsy here, you know, waiting for Sunday, Pat. Yeah, I'm really excited to to see this matchup. I'm just very interested with a lot of the the matchups that are possible on the floor. Uh, it has been announced that Chris Middleton won't be available for this series. I'm not expected to play at any games. So that's a huge blow, I think, to the Bucks more than people want to acknowledge. And I think it ends up swinging a, a very huge favor into a Celtics team that has already been rolling and, and really showing its, its stride at the right time of the year. Uh, it's going to be tough, though, because, you know, Giannis, you know, former MVP, multiple defensive player of the year awards, you're talking yep. just insane guy. You know, when you have um, who I know I view, and I think Lucas, you, you said you do agreed is you, we think Giannis is the best player in the league right now. Um, that's no knock on Jokic being who, how great he is, but when you have the best player in the league on your team, man, that's, it's still tough and, and you still got to bring your a game to, to get through it. Listen, so Pat, you predicted the Celtics in five against the Nets and I gave the Nets two games, right? You know, you were a little bit closer, but I think, you know, I kind of have to pay the same respect to the Bucks, the defending champion Bucks, that I do the Nets, you know. Like you mentioned, Chris Middleton is out, which is too bad, you know. You know, I know injuries are part of the playoffs, but you always like to go up against a team that has full strength. Uh, but, you know, like you said, man, they have the best player in the NBA. Like you said, no disrespect to Jokic, the way that Giannis impacts, you know, the – the game defensively on top of his dominant offense, you know, just for me being the defending finals MVP, um, you know, that, that just for me, you know, solidifies him as the best player in the league. So I got to give the bucks their respect, even without Chris Middleton, you know, they have plenty of capable guys, you know, most notably drew holiday. And then, you know, they've had some role guys really step up this year, you know, specifically last series, Grayson Allen had a, a couple big games. Bobby Portis has been terrific all year in that role player, you know, role for lack of a better term you know he's been shooting the three ball really well hitting the glass really well you know uh playing good defense so the bucks it's going to be absolutely a hard series still even without their second best player no doubt yeah um but you know one thing that i want to also uh knock is that drew holiday's been great i feel like he's gone under the radar for a lot of people and the way he has played so calm and collective and and really engaged is is been huge for the Bucks. Like he's hit some really big shots. Uh, he's been really good defensively. Drew Holiday, phenomenal player, a, a guy that I think definitely should draw a lot of attention from the Boston Celtics. Be interesting to see how they decide to defend him. They do also have, you know, defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. You know, the ability of him to to really end up 
disrupting hopefully whatever Drew Holiday's trying to create. And then having Derek White come off the bench is going to be huge to also put in some minutes and, and go towards him. But the Celtics do play that really switchable defense. So really going to be hard to maintain guys like Drew Holiday and, and prevent them from really killing you and, and Giannis when, when you switch so much. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Bucks decide to attack the Celtics because uh, I just don't know what's, what wink, weak link that they're really pinned on as far as on the defensive side for them to attack. Yeah, you know, um, like you said, Drew Holiday is going to be huge in the series, man, uh, because they lose a bona fide 20-point-per-game score in Chris Middleton. And Drew Middle, uh, Drew Middleton, Drew Holiday, definitely a capable score, uh, you know, but scoring is definitely not, you know, what his game is predicated on. He'll probably have to take a little bit more of a responsibility in that regard. Uh, so, you know, definitely looking forward to see what Drew does. Um, and, yeah, it should be interesting on how the Bucks end up attacking the Celtics because, like you said, man, and everybody knows, uh, the Celtics don't have many weak links at all defensively in the squad. Um, and I think that can kind of lead into, you know, the next discussion of kind of who is the X factor in the series. And for me, Pat, um, I think it's Robert Williams. Because, you know, we saw Rob in brief minutes here against the Nets. And I – oh, Packers traded up. But uh, I don't think that it is uh, – it is crazy by any stretch to say that Rob was not himself in the Nets series. You would agree with that, right, Pat? He, yeah, he was he rusty. He admitted it himself as well. He looked rusty, right? And there were a couple of situations where he got switched onto some guards. And they uh, and they kind of didn't – they made Rob look not that switchable. And I feel like that's one of Rob's biggest assets on the defensive end. So hopefully Rob can get back in that game shape, you know, knock the rust off. And he's going to be huge as far as defending Giannis at the rim, of course. But also, you know, defending Brooke Lopez, who's going to step out and shoot the three ball. Uh, defending guys like probably Grayson Allen or Drew Holiday on the switch. Can he stay in front of them like he proved he could this year? Or is that knee injury going to get in the way? So for me, I think Rob affects, you know, our defense so much, you know, with what we're able to do switching-wise that he, for me, is going to be the X factor. You know, I, I like the I like, I like the X factor pick there. I think, you know, Robert Williams is a, is a big X factor one. I think that's, you know, clearly one that a lot of people will agree with, especially – after having that first series we were talking about, man, we just need Rob to come back and be healthy for that if we get the Bucks because he's, he's going to be needed for that series. So I, I agree with you. The X Factor, Robert Williams, great pick. Um, I'm going to go in a, in a different direction. It might be a very obvious pick, but also, you know, I wanted to dive into more of the reason. What it's, it's Jason Tatum. Oh, okay, okay. And the reason it's Jason Tatum is – he's played high off of a, a series where he got to really defend, you know, and get after uh, a, a player like Kevin Durant. And the difference is in this series, he's going to be going to match up against probably a guy like Giannis. And the thing with Giannis is, and I, I do think Al Horford's going to be on him as well, but I think there's going to be a lot of times where he gets switched on to Giannis. He can't, control Giannis the same way he controlled KD with his body and strength. So it's going to be interesting to see how he challenges himself to find ways to neutralize Giannis's strengths as best as he can. I know that's extremely hard when we're talking about the best player in the world, but he's got to find a way to slow down Giannis when he gets matched up against it. And then also uh, staying aggressive and attacking, right? Giannis is a lot more physical 
and stronger than any type of player that the Brooklyn Nets have had. So Tatum's going to have to work harder and smarter, and he's going to get more worn out in the series. Like he said, that net series in four games was tough. Man, he's up for a pretty rough series against the defending champions who have guys like Bobby Portis and Giannis to really give you uh, extra physicality and an effort in disrupting what you're trying to create. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Jason Tatum adjusts to that. And I think ultimately he needs to keep the level of play he had from the first round and continue that momentum in order for the Celtics to uh, get out of the second round. No, I can totally see why Jason Tatum would be your X factor, you know, given that he is the Celtics best player, Um, you know, a lot hinges on how Jason Tatum plays. And I do also agree. And I don't think anyone really is going to disagree that this is going to be a tougher series, you know, defensively for the Celtics, probably as far as like being defended. I mean, like you said, Giannis is just a different level of physicality than anybody on that entire Nets roster. They definitely have more size to try and defend Jason Tatum, you know, from guys like Bobby Portis. You know, I did mention pre-show that it's kind of too bad Chris Milton is out because Chris is definitely a capable defender. Um but it's interesting to see, you know, how he'll respond to that. You know, he might have to create for others, you know, definitely given, you know, the physicality that he'll be facing. You know, like you said, if the Nets series tired him out, you know, he's going to be in for one with the Bucks series. Uh, so definitely looking forward to see how Jason performs. I think this is, you know, there's a lot of swirling talk about Jason Tatum right now, where he ranks. Is he really as good as everyone's saying? Is he, is it prisoner of the moment stuff? Now, listen, I'll admit, you know, some of the discussion is probably prisoner of the moment stuff, you know, given how well he's played, you know, over the last five months and especially with, you know, the way Twitter talks, you know, after this last series, you might think Jason Tatum is the greatest player of all time, but uh, this series is going to be a big test uh, for Jason. I think, can he rise above a guy who's done it at the highest level, you know, in the past, you know, in the past year, really, like, you know, Giannis was just the finals MVP last year. You know, we're not looking back to, uh, you know, three, four, five years ago or anything like that. So this should be a huge, huge series. I'm not going to say for Tatum's legacy because that sounds stupid because he's so young, but at least for, you know, it's going to be a good litmus test for, you know, where Jason Tatum truly ranks uh, as far as, you know, the hierarchy of NBA stars right now. Yeah, and and some things that I wanted to go in as far as the series goes is that the Celtics – are going to have to continue to be the bullies, right? And with a team like the Bucks, it's going to be harder because they bring a lot more physicality to it. But they have to keep that edge because the moment that the Celtics team isn't the bullies anymore, that becomes a problem because that's kind of the staple of what they are. That, that defense has to stay sharp. They have to be physical. They have to make other teams feel uncomfortable, get guys to take shots in areas that they don't want to, get shots rushed, you know, make it seem like somebody's going to be there almost every time somebody takes a shot, there's a contest. So defensively, the scheme is going to be very important in the series. And honestly, it's keeping the other guys outside of Giannis contained. Uh, I spoke about this with you off uh, the show, but as far as the Celtics go, like they can live with Giannis being Giannis, but they can't live with Bobby Portis, you know, averaging 15 in the series. They can't live with with guys like that going off, you know, for 12, 15-point games, you know, because Giannis is going to be really great almost every game and efficient. 
he's going to be getting a lot of boards, but if they can limit the amount of assists he's able to get and create for his team, and they're able to like contain Drew Holiday as best as they can, there's a ability for them to really be turn the Bucks into a one-trick pony. And a one-trick pony is going to wear out and just be physical with Giannis and let him try to keep powering his team all the way down to the line and wear him out. You know, you saw KD and Kyrie in fourth quarters get really gassed because they were they were ones trying to do so much of the workload. And then by the end of the fourth quarter, it was like, bam, they had nothing left in the tank. They need to do something where they wear out uh, Giannis to the point where in the fourth quarter, you know, even if he's still hitting shots, it's because he's he's putting everything he has on the table. And as the game's progressing throughout the series, it's just wearing them down. Yeah, you know, I definitely hear where you're at. Like, you know, when you play against a guy like Giannis, you can't let the ancillary guys go off at all because when you're already facing a superstar at the level of Giannis, like a top, you know, just like a, you're facing a top three guy, you can't let it, you know, the ancillary teammates go off because you know that, uh, you know, Giannis, the superstar is going to go off himself. You know, however, I do think the Celtics should attempt their best, you know, to try and sort of build a wall against him, you know, and force him to make passes. Um, and I think the Celtics have proven that their defense you know, as far as rotate, rotating is quite good, you know. So if they can get back to shooters, build that wall, kind of force Giannis to make passes um, instead of, you know, just being able to get whatever he wants, that's kind of, you know, where I would lean. Um, and then, you know, you scramble back to shooters, close out, but especially without the scoring threat of Chris Middleton, you know, a guy who literally shot 70% from 3-1 series against the Celtics in seven games, like literally 70%. That's ridiculous. But – uh I do think this is the type of series, Pat, though, where if a guy for Grayson Allen is a guy like Grayson Allen is going off, you are going to have trouble winning games, you know. Um, so I do hear what you're saying. However, I wouldn't be, say like, you know, just one on one Giannis the whole time. I would still try and prevent him from getting into his groove because Giannis can go for 50. Like he did it in the finals against a, a good, a really, really good team. Um, so. You know, I would just say that let's try and build the wall. You can only pray to slow down Giannis. You know, it's like Pat, you know, I said the same thing about KD, right? That you got to pray to slow down KD, not stop him. And I think the Celtics played amazing defense combined with KD not shooting well. You know, we kind of did for all intents and purposes for, you know, what KD usually gives you. We shut him down. I don't think that's going to be possible with Giannis, right? So just try and slow him down a little bit, build that wall force him to make a few more passes than he's normal to and make sure you're contesting shooters. I would say that is probably where you want to, uh, at least where my head is at against, against the Bucks offense, what I would want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, and I, when I say like, kind of like control everybody else, it's, it's still like you're giving, I'm not saying give Giannis the one-on-one, right? I'm saying that he's going to be great no matter what you can double him probably the whole series and he's going to be great. Cool. Like, my thing is that we can't overreact on Giannis's greatness. Don't overreact. You can bring two guys, but don't oversell. You know, th- there's moments where it's like you you see teams overreact too much, and it makes things way too easy. And then you, he's finding cutters for easy dunks. That's not the type of selling I want. I just want the Celtics to stay within their flow. It's almost like what they did with KD in the sense where it's like they, they're they're really surrounding him with people and trying to like contest it. And then, like, they did let everybody else, like, 
really try to try to contain everybody else as best as you can after he gets the ball out of his hands. Like, boom, you got to contain everything else. And if, if Giannis is going to score, he's going to score at the end of the day, but just you got to limit everybody else's production is where I was kind of leaning at. And I do think that uh, the Celtics have the defense and the ability to create a lot of, you know, dysfunctionality with the bucks. It will be interesting though. The, the Brooke Lopez thing is, is also something I wanted to touch on because it's important on who Brooke Lopez guards defensively. Like I think we need to get the switch down there if he's trying to guard Rob because getting him away from the basket as much as we can would be ideal. And I don't want him lashed on the Rob for rim protection down there. And I think if we're able to get him into some actions where he's on Al Horford or Daniel Tice, where he has to come out and stretch out more at that three pointer, it bold more for the Celtics as far as driving goes. But you also are trying to draw guys like Giannis, who also can be really good rim protectors. That's something that this team has that the Nets didn't provide was you have Giannis and Brooke Lopez, who are both guys that are, are pretty good at protecting the rim. Yeah, honestly, if I had to pick an X factor on the other side of the ball, Pat, I would say that, you know, I kind of lean towards it sounds like what you were saying. It was I would probably pick uh, I'd probably pick Brooke Lopez. Because like you're saying, Brooke Lopez and Giannis are two better rim protectors than anybody the Nets have, right? And honestly, offensively, I think that Brooke Lopez is really interesting because he has the capability to pull away one of the two rim protectors for the Celtics, right? Away from the basket, you know, therefore nullifying this quote-unquote wall that everybody likes to talk about being built against Giannis. You know, Brooke popping out to the three going to make that a little bit harder to build you know, than just a guy like Nick Claxton who offers absolutely no threat, you know, outside. So I think that'll be interesting. And also, Pat, I'm really interested to see what Ime does, right? Because Ime clearly is a very creative coach. Dare I say we have the coaching advantage in the series too. I don't want to be disrespectful to a championship coach, you know, but I was never the biggest fan of Mike Budenholzer. Um, but, you know, he won a championship, so I got to give the guys props. But I know Ime is going to have something up his sleeve against Giannis. And, you know, I tried to go back and watch the Celtics, the Bucks games. Not sure how much I can really pull from those matchups just because they're a regular season. Uh, you know, our team wasn't at full strength for some of them. So I'm not sure how much I can really pull, but I'm really interested to see how Ime ends up scheming against Giannis because it's a very interesting. You can go a lot of different ways when it comes to scheming against Giannis. Like, you know, as far as trying to take the ball out of his hands or, you know, like you said, you know, let him kind of, you know, do what he does, but limit the, you know, the role players and the guys around him. So I'm very interested to see what Ime has up his sleeve. Yeah, the the challenge is definitely going to be on Ime as far as trying to find ways to slow him down. Uh, I'll tell you this, man. I think he has probably the hardest job because scheming against Kevin Durant in the first round and then going into the second round and having to find a scheme for. Giannis, who are both two different, completely different monsters and what they excel at. And it's just going to put him to the ultimate test. You know, he, he built up this roster and got this team to buy into his system. And now they're the number one defense showed a lot of that in the first round. He has to now show that in the second round and see how he's able to adjust. I do trust he made with his ability to make adjustments. And I, I do think there is a, a bit of a gap between him and Mike uh, coaching-wise. 
And another thing is offensively, like what are they going to do? Because the Nets weren't great defensively, but the Celtics still weren't great offensively because of how much energy they were putting in on defensive ends. So it will be a lot more, you know, intriguing to see how the matchup is for the Celtics on the offensive side because they're going to have to try to make things a bit more easier and, and get to the rim, but they also have better rim protection. So it's going to be a challenge on that, and, and ultimately that's going to be the deciding factor for this series is can the Celtics' offense be good enough against the Bucks while trying to contain Giannis? Like Those two things are going to have to happen in order for the Celtics to move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think it's time for us to go into some predictions of the series here. Um, I know we we talked about Chris Middleton being out as well. So, Lucas, when giving your prediction, uh, I'd love to hear what you would have picked if Chris Middleton was healthy and then now with, with how the result is with no Chris Middleton. You know, definitely uh... – Definitely sways things, I would think, but I think this was going to be a close series either way. You know, it's easy to say this now that I know I'm not going to have to deal with it, but I feel like I potentially could have leaned Bucks in seven, but regardless, it would have been in seven. It would have been Celtics or Bucks in seven, you know, with Chris Milton playing. You know, part of me does feel like I would have leaned Bucks. You know, it's obviously easy in hindsight, you know, to make this prediction, but since he's not playing, I got Celtics in six. You know, I wanted originally to lean Celtics in five, but, you know, I got to pay respect to the finals MVP, the best player in the league, you know. And part of me, you know, wants to also lean Celtics in seven, but I think I'm going to fall right in the middle with Celtics in six here. You know, I do think the Celtics move on. I think Chris Middleton being out, you know, definitely increases the chances, you know, for the Celtics, uh, for a Celtics victory, but I wouldn't be shocked to see this game go seven or the series go seven, but I'm going to go Celtics in six here. All right, man. That's hey, I, I see that Celtics in six. That's man. Why you got to do that to me? You know, you know, why you got to do that to me? Look, cats out of the bag, cats out of the bag already. Oh man. Uh, you told me that you had Celtics in five and, and you go switch up on me. Um, I think with Middleton in this series, this, this game is is I'm probably maybe even leading Bucks in seven. I think it goes to seven games and it's a wild one. Like at that, I think it's a fifty fifty game seven series. If Milton's one hundred percent healthy for this, however, unfortunately for the Milwaukee Bucks, you know they lose a key key player for them in this round. In a moment, they probably shouldn't be facing as good of a team in the second round like this. But you know. All roads to the the NBA Finals are are difficult in different ways, and unfortunately for the Bucks, you know they they landed the card with the Celtics when they're playing really well, and I think the Celtics do take it here. And I, I said six games originally, but because Lucas, you know, pumped the brakes and took it, and then uh, bailed on the, on his game, Celtics in five. I'll take Celtics in five. Let's go. You know, we're we're here, we're out here, we're going Celtics in five getting the dub bold you know listen i tried i thought i clued you in pre-show that i you know had switched up my pick so i didn't think you were going to be completely blindsided but uh listen if the celtics win in five i'll be ecstatic you're gonna be upset you're gonna be upset with yourself no, for not no, no, not listen, believing in the care. pick 
I don't care that much about being right. I would rather the Celtics win in five and me be wrong every time, dude. So, uh, listen, if the Celtics win in five, listen, I'll freaking hold the L on my head like, uh, you know, the freaking Fortnite dance, okay? I'll be A-OK being wrong if the Celtics end up winning in five. But I do think this series is going to be a dogfight, bro. I really do. You know, similar to the Nets series in that there's not going to be games like that are, you know, oh, the whole time, you know, the Celtics are up by 20 in the beginning and then that's just how it is. No, not at all how I see this going. Uh, I think these games are going to be close. All six of them, dare I say, be pretty close. So uh, definitely looking forward to getting the basketball, you know, on track so we can see if the Celtics can defend their home court on Sunday, man, because I think that's a big start. Game one is a really big deal. So, you know, you know what they say, Pat. Series doesn't start till the home team loses. Can the Celtics come out and defend the uh, defend the home court, you know, on Sunday? Yeah, and you know what? Don't forget how the Bucks were resting guys and, and decided not to take the home court advantage uh, later in the year. Marcus Smart said that the Celtics saw that, and that's on them. You know that that's what they wanted to do. That's what they wanted to do, and uh, no apologies for for having home court advantage. You know, like that's that's an advantage the Celtics are going to gladly take here, and I think they're gonna they're gonna roll out there and and hopefully come out game one on Sunday and deliver a huge punch. And really just deliver a Celtics victory is what we're hoping. But another way that you can catch a victory is by heading over to manscaped.com. Make sure you guys use the HoopBall20 promo code to get 20% off all the products over there. They have great products all the way from down for taking care of your hair on your face to your beard to oils, um, conditioner, everything. They also got beard trimmers you know, razors, anything you can need possibly to get yourself looking good for this spring and this summer when the sun is out, head over to manscaped.com. They got great products. Remember, use HoopBall20 to get that 20% off. Yes, sir. Go over to manscaped.com. Like Pat said, HoopBall20 is the code. Save yourself some money. Use your tax return. Okay. Make sure you're keeping yourself fresh and clean. Summertime's right around the corner. Before you know it, it is going to be May. It is going to be June, so, you know, you're going to be out and about, you know, hitting the town. So make sure you go over to HoopBall to, to Manscaped and use the code HoopBall20. Yes, sir. And then make sure you guys all head over to uh, Apple Podcast. Make sure you guys go listen to the show, leave five-star rating and review. You can also head over to Spotify, give us a five-star there as well. Also on Twitter, at Ethos Celtics. For anything breaking as far as the Celtics go, you can also follow me at the Ballin Opinions, Lucas at Luca underscore Gainer. We are on Spotify Live app regularly, recording our shows. So make sure that you guys go ahead and follow us on all those platforms. Give us a, a like and everything like that. We appreciate all the love and support. Lucas, you have anything else to say before we let the people go? Nope, just echoing all the sentiment. Shout out to everybody who downloads the show, everyone who shows up live to the show. Really appreciate y'all. Seriously, means a lot to us. Go check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, SportsEthos.com as well. Really easy to listen to the show that way too. Um, you know, you can go on over there to our website. We have the shows for all these different teams too. If you want to. You know, check out you know some other matchups. You know, make sure you uh, make sure you go ahead and do that. And like I said, shout out to everyone who shows up to the live show. Seriously, you love the interaction, everything like that. So uh, thank you all. But that's pretty much it for me, Pat. Probably about to go watch the Patriots draft another player I've never heard of. <laughs> all right, guys, you have a wonderful rest of your day. Let's go Celtics on Sunday. <laughs>